The scripture reading today is from the 19th chapter of the Gospel of Luke, verses 29 through 40. When he had come near Bethphage and Bethany, at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go out into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had, been say they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. And Jesus answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to be God. God. Will you pray with me? Compassionate God, all creation delights in your presence through your word. May the wisdom of your spirit bring understanding into our minds and truth into our hearts, that we may see how to praise and serve you through the example of your Son, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, Palm Sunday marks the beginning of the end, doesn't it? Jesus' journey was coming to its logical conclusion, or was it an illogical conclusion? I'm not quite sure. After three years of ministry, preaching, teaching, and healing, Jesus has arrived in the city of Jerusalem. As he entered the city gates, he was met by screaming crowds, fans, if you will. It was the beginning of the end, but you wouldn't have thought so. Not by listening to the crowds who, who shouted, Jesus, Master, Jesus, save us. We love you. Hosanna, save us. And they threw their coats and jackets on the road for Jesus to walk on. It was a parade. It was a pageant. It was a victory celebration, complete with waving palm fronds. Many of us who've walked this Holy Week journey before, we know we sit at this end of the week knowing what's coming with a sort of sense of fear and dread. We know how fast these events are going to change. We know how fast life can take a complete U-turn, a 180-degree switchback. In the first week of our COVID-19 response in the church, Jennifer, our church office manager, and I did some brainstorming about the coming weeks and what changes we might need to make. We cut back on the hours that the cleaners were going to be here and what spaces they would be cleaning. We canceled the bottled water delivery for the office. And we looked into canceling the orders for palms and for Sunday Easter lilies. 
Now most of the churches these days order their palms from a company called Eco Palms. Eco Palms is a company that produces environmentally and socially responsible palms for the Easter season. Eco Palms are sustainably harvested and fairly traded. The money that we spend on those palms is directly benefiting the communities where the palms are harvested. The proceeds help young girls go to school, they employ women and build community centers for everyone. The palms are also being harvested in an, an environmentally friendly way. Purchasing these palms protect, protects the forests where they grow. It's a great company and most pastors I know feel really good about placing our orders. So I knew in asking them to cancel our order, I knew we would be creating a hardship for them. My heart hurt. And indeed, both Eco Palm and Fredericksburg Farms, which is where we get our Easter lilies, both practically begged us not to cancel. Both said that their companies were in threat of closing because so many churches had canceled their orders. So I couldn't do it. I couldn't cancel. I let our orders stand. But it got me thinking about how we order our palms that are grown in Guatemala they are harvested in Guatemala, and then they're shipped at least 1,636 miles all the way up here to Buda, Texas. I don't know if they come by boat, airplane, truck, train, or some combination of all of those. Passing many other palm trees on their way here. Some of you have told me you have palm trees in your backyard, but we order ours from Guatemala. And it's funny to think about because the folks waving palms when Jesus entered Jerusalem, those folks didn't order theirs from Guatemala. Now, as I told you earlier, they used palms in Jesus' day because palm trees grew along the sides of the road in Israel. They didn't special order them from anywhere. It's what they had. They weren't fair trade or sustainably grown. They were wild. Their use of palms would be like us picking up oak pollen today and tossing it or waving it about like confetti in a ticker tape parade. It's what we have on hand and we have it in abundance right now. Just as the people in Jerusalem had an abundance of palm branches back then. And the people, they were waving those palm branches and calling out to Jesus, Jesus, Hosanna, save us, save us. The whole multitude were singing and praising God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles they'd seen him perform. They were laughing and crying and hugging complete strangers in their excitement, all because Jesus was riding into their town. They were making a huge spectacle of themselves and of Jesus, so much of a spectacle that the Pharisees grew concerned. They didn't want his popularity to grow. They had had to find a way to stop this public display. So they seized on a plan that they used before. We'll blame the Romans, they said, and they asked Jesus to settle down to stop these raucous crowds. We don't want them to create so much of a stir. The wrong people might notice and it might draw unwanted attention. Jesus answered them, you, you can try to keep these people quiet. But if you do, if you do, even the stones will begin to shout. Nothing, nothing can keep the love of God hidden or quiet. 
The emotional response to his entry into Jerusalem was so strong that even the stones of the road could feel the excitement of the crowd. That kind of faith, it's contagious. And that's the real reason why the Pharisees wanted his, this demonstration to end. That's why Jesus refused to make it stop. We can be that, like that about our faith, right? We can be like the Pharisees. We're taught to tamp it down and to keep it quiet. I mean, we hate to impose on anyone or infringe on someone. Sometimes it feels like the people of God are constantly being told to keep it quiet. Don't share your faith. It might be offensive to someone. Politically incorrect, socially inappropriate. And we buy into it. We don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable. And we do it to such a degree that we let our faith be silenced. But the thing is, is I think our God is bigger than our fears and our inhibitions. I think God creates paths for, and ways for us to share our faith anyway. God makes the stones shout out. I've been doing quite a bit of walking these days. I need to get out and move, and I do my best to keep a six-foot separation between me and others. But as I was walking, I got this idea this week, and I ordered some sidewalk chalk. And I went out Thursday morning, and every now and then I would bend down on the stone paved, on the stone paved path, and I would draw a heart or a flower, or I would write a word like peace or hope or joy or love. It just feels like everyone could use a word or a picture that would make them smile right now. And I realized as I did this the other day that chalk is a stone, and I was writing on stones. The stones were crying out and shouting God's love. I felt pretty good about what I did. So I ventured out Friday morning, because I was curious to see if my words, my idea had had any responses. Guess what I found? The rain had washed everything away. You couldn't even see the faintest smudge of chalk anywhere. I was pretty disappointed. But as I walked, I began noticing something else. I began seeing rocks that someone had painted on, not me. They hadn't used chalk that would easily wash away. Their faith was bigger and stronger than that. It looked like the person had used some kind of acrylic paint something that would outlast all this rain that we've been having. They painted happy emoji symbols, smiling faces with heart-shaped eyes, hearts, words like smile and love and peace. These rocks were crying out even louder than the ones I had chalked. They were bold colors, bold statements of faith that would not be so easily washed away. Someone made the rocks cry out louder and bolder than I had. Maybe we aren't going to hold a parade and march around waving whatever greenery we have on hand for this Palm Sunday. But I think there are ways we can still make the stones cry out. One of our church members posted an idea on Facebook that I shared out there, a way to share about your faith this Palm Sunday. The post encouraged us to hang whatever greenery that we have on hand on our front door to make a visible statement about the beginning of this holiest of weeks. No, it won't draw the same attention as a big parade might, but in these days of social distancing, as we stare down death, 
as a nation and as God's people, as Christians, as we stare down the death of our Savior. Maybe these green sprigs of hope are exactly what we need to share. Hope enough to encourage the rocks, even the rocks, to cry out. So this week, the stone that we have here that we're going to place at the foot of the cross marks all the times we've allowed opportunities to slip through our fingers, opportunities to share our faith, to offer to pray for someone, to invite someone to church and even pick them up and bring them, to share this worship service on your Facebook page. This rock represents all the times we allow the voices and opinions of others to silence our own voice. And we do this, we place this rock here at the foot of the cross because each week God invites us to bring to this sanctuary and place at the foot of the cross our burdens and our brokenness, our bruised and hurting self-image, our fears, our shames, our doubt and anxiety, all the things that are separating us from God. So as you are ready, come, place all that you have at the foot of the cross. Amen.